Welcome to the Strategy Mom Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? This is Jason Harris here. Hey, thanks for joining me on another episode of Strategy Mob. Today, today I have two very special guests all the way from the other side of the country, guys. So thank you for taking the time to join with me. I know there's a bit of a time difference. What is the time difference, by the way? Three hours? Two. I think it's two. Is it two hours? Awesome. Two hours. I, I, have, I have both Logan and Kyle with me today, and we're going to have a lot of fun talking about the automotive industry. But before we do that, I want to give both you guys an opportunity to kind of introduce yourselves and just give us that origin story that is Kyle and Logan. <laughs> Logan, I'll let you start with you. What is that origin story? <laughs> So I started in <laughs> I started in automotive on the auction side of things, actually. So my first job as a kid was for a family, friends, had a company. They had an antique uh, estate auction business. And my father was friends with the auctioneer. And when we were young girls, our job was to hold up the items at the sale and deliver them to the patrons in the aisles. So that was the first job I ever had. And then that was when like the actual tickets, you'd actually have to go up and get the ticket from the clerk and bring it to the customer so that they'd have it, I'll bring the actual physical item and all that stuff. So when I uh, got older, my parents are both realtors. I went to university, graduated and I got my real estate license. And this uh, family friends had started a car auction by this time, an independent automotive auction on the East Coast in Moncton, New Brunswick. So they were starting um, basically an online business, a startup company, and looking for some young individuals that they knew that might be keen. And they approached me, and from one family business to another kind of thing, I went from my family real estate company to. Um, this family auction company in the car industry and I've been with the same company ever since and that was in 2013. That's awesome you just kind of got sucked into it are, are you one of those types that like it got into your blood and it's just it's never going to come out? Yeah absolutely. <laughs> hey Kyle for yourself how did you kind of get started into the business like what is that origin story for you? You know what? I was about uh, 19 years old. I was uh, in the collection industry and uh, I did really well. I was top of my field and uh, I was talking to a good friend of mine. I was in Edmonton and I was talking to a good friend of mine in Calgary and we compared salaries and uh, he kicked my ass. And I figured, well, I'm already 18. I'm competing with everybody twice my age and kicking ass and taking names. And I didn't make it. So I, I didn't make half as much as him. So I said, screw it. I'm going to try car sales. And uh, first three months, I almost quit. Couldn't figure it out. And uh, the rest of that year, I made over 100 grand and I never looked back ever. So I uh, worked my way up all the way to running uh, one of Alberta's largest uh, Ford stores and then parted ways on great terms uh, about five years ago and started my own company. And uh, now we retail about 40 to 50 cars a month. And uh, we've got uh, uh, a couple of uh, mechanic shop locations and, uh, you know, we're doing okay. Just a starving car farmer. So. I, I love the starving car farmer. When, when did you come up with that one, by the way, the car farmer? Like, so what ended up happening about? was we were, uh, 
we made a name change a few years ago when we made a location change. It just uh, our our name was location driven, um, so it didn't make sense to keep it. And my whole life, everybody's always asked me what I do. Uh, anybody in the car industry knows this. You go to a family get together or whatever the hell, and everybody wants to annoy you and talk about work, especially when it's got to do with cars. So everybody would ask, "Well, what do you do? What do you do?" And I just got to the point. We just joke around and say, oh, "I'm just a starving car farmer," and that was it. So when we changed the name of the company, um, we just decided, let's go with it. Let's just do car farmers. It just makes sense, especially because in saying that, we're also rural, right? So we're in the farming community out here. So yeah, that's it. Now, I'm, I'm real curious, you know, uh, you, you come into the business, you're, you're selling cars, right? At what point in time did you decide, like, I can do this myself? Like, how, how did that transition happen? <laughs> There wasn't really a time where I said I can do this myself. Um, you know, I, one thing that I always prided myself on was that I always had a lot of loyalty from my staff. Um, I always had very low turnover. I was always, but I was always very hands-on. You know, I was the first general manager that was there on a Saturday, uh, desking all the deals, out meeting customers. I just, I've always been that guy. I've never been uh, hiding in an office. I just, I hate that kind of stuff. Um, so, it was to the point where who I was working for at the time, and I won't name names or anything, but I get along with everybody. And again, it was on great terms. I was, I, I was kind of being offered the the partnership type thing. And I was at that point in my career. And I guess I just kind of said to my wife, I said, you know, I, I work 70 hours a week. I don't really know who my kids are. I wear, you know, I, I love wearing suit and tie. In fact, when I first quit, I had no civilian clothes is how I call it. I, I didn't even know how to dress properly. It's the best way to describe it. And, and uh, it just got to that point where I was like, you know what, if we're going to take a chance and follow my face, uh, I can always become a general manager again or a GSM again uh, and work my way up to getting a, a partnership offer again. But let's try it. Now's the time. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say uh, everything's been perfect, but I can tell you that the work-life balance has been fantastic. And it's not for everybody, though. Let me throw that out there. If I had to do it all over again and, and I, I had to think back the last five years, the amount of energy that it took to get to where our company is very comfortable at now. It was tough, man. Like this wasn't easy. This is not for everybody. No question about it. And Kyle, how long would you say it took until you really got to that point that you felt like it was worth it? Like this struggle to get this new business running, leaving that security and commitment taking on this big risk. When was the payoff over the last five years? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I think I felt pretty comfortable uh, probably over the last three years. Now, we've also made some big changes in our company. You know, I, I've done some things and I've learned a lot, mostly from, I wouldn't call them mistakes. Um, you know, for example, when we opened up our second location, um, decided to buy the land, uh, didn't want, you know, didn't, didn't want to have the big overhead and the big worries and all that stuff. So we bought the land and, and, and did all that. And then we've we've since closed it down, and now I just own commercial land that I lease out, which is great. It's a whole other aspect of business, but I, I've I've stumbled and made mistakes, and and uh, and now we you know we have this other totally different business model than I would have three years ago. We adapted, we pivoted, um, but I've really became comfortable. I would say about three years ago, and uh, and now for sure. I mean, I, even with everything that's going on. I'm I'm pretty not stressed out. We're we're adapting, we're pivoting, and, and that's where I think we we strive. At least I know I do, and and the people around me do. So 
Now, now, would you actually call them mistakes or more of, I call them like costly education? Like, yeah, there's some, and, and is it costly? I don't know because I've done pretty well on that land. So um, I'll take that mistake nine out of 10 times. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, there's, there's been lots of, it's, it's a whole nother world owning, owning a store and, and dealing with land and dealing with uh, zoning, like I, I'm again a starving car farmer. This was all it's an education, right? <laughs> wow, I mean, big time. And there's no school that's gonna, there's no schooling that was gonna get you to figure half the stuff out. It's all relationships. Um, but I mean, right now I'm going through a big rezoning, and I'm in, uh, I'm right across from uh, an airport. So there's all kinds of stuff, and and I mean, it's just nuts. And it's basically all, it, it's all relationships, is what it is. And uh, I don't know. There's all there's something new to learn every day, and I screw something up or. I, I, I don't know. I screw up 10 things a day and it's just how you learn. It's how you move. It's how you pivot. And I don't know. Well, it's that commitment to moving forward, I think, is what's the key, right? That separates the people that are going to um, do well, you know, during good times or bad times, right? It's just that kind of that constant ability just to consistently move forward. I know, guys, today the, the topic of our podcast is, is really on how you guys uh, see the new norm is going to develop out. Uh, but I think before we talk about the new norm, I, I'd love to kind of talk about what your guys' norm is now. It's a little different for everybody so you know i'll go ahead and start with you logan like what what is the current norm for you well interestingly this hasn't been that big of a transition for me because i work from home anyway oh, that's cool. <laughs> if anything everyone now will answer my calls because they're not at the dealership <laughs> so um if anything else it's been busier for me honestly uh work-wise it's been really positive because it's for dealers to have to accelerate their businesses uh, if they haven't already and to really look for some technology solutions that maybe they didn't need before, maybe weren't right for them before. The timing is now immediately happened. Um, so we've been really busy. Fortunately, we have a technology that we can help, right? Which has been good, like in just that sense. Anyone that needs help right now, we're able to do that. Uh, you know, remote appraisals. I mean, most car dealerships, they use only the used car manager can do appraisals. Is there a way for a consumer to at least start that process on your website at a minimum? You know, and that's are you able to communicate part. with your customer? Do you know if you're able to talk to someone and, and they're in front of their car, do you know what questions you need answered? If they yeah, can think- be right there on FaceTime. Yeah, I think the objections no. have changed. I think, uh, uh, you know, the, the objections that everybody's going to be hitting right they're getting hit with right now have changed. And I think your, the stuff you're talking about, the technology and, and everything, uh, I think that's going to be the game changers. That's going to be the guys who are utilizing this, uh, not necessarily understanding it, but starting to utilize it and do some trial and error with some of these technology like you're talking about. That's, that's the game changer. How are you finding your timeline for helping dealers right now? Are you just getting bombarded? Like, is there... Um, I've had that problem as a dealer trying to get implement some of this new technology. Um, it, it's it's not happening fast enough with some of the people that I've been working with. That's one of my frustrations. How have you guys been finding that? So all we need to set up is an email address. Uh, for us, it's really easy. Generally, I mean, you know, if, if you've been selling cars 
or in the car industry for the last six months and you have a smartphone and know how to use Uber, you can scan a VIN and input mileage and options really over the phone with a consumer. You can run a Carfax report, enter a diminished value. You can ask the customer questions about their recalls or if they have any issues with some common problems, like inherent issues. You know, there's a lot that you can do if if you have a process or something to look at, right? Like think about a call center. Could someone actually be on the phone at a call center with a customer, input a VIN, that VIN is traceable always. Any pictures attached to that VIN, that customer information, everything through that system, no matter who logs onto it at your dealership, it becomes all attached to that. Like what is the value of that? How do we not have that? <laughs> no, I totally agree. In fact, it, it kind of makes me wonder if there's even a need for somebody on the other side of it at that point. And the customer, this can't just be a, uh, a customer-based application, period. Well, no, I think that's actually a good point. I mean, I think right now is when we're talking about what the new norm is going to look like. I was on the phone with a big dealer group uh, just recently, uh, just this morning. And, um, you know, we talked about how the, the process and, and, and this is the process on the service side or on the sales side. Uh, you know, it was always kind of like a, a sharing of a, a sharing of the steering uh, with the customer and the dealership. It's like sometimes the customer would steer the process and then sometimes the dealership would steer the process, right? But I'm pretty confident that moving into the what the new norm is going to look like is that the customer is going to be almost 100% in control in steering that process, right? And, and and I think some dealerships have already kind of embraced that, so they'll already be ahead of the curve. But for the general population of dealerships out there, you know, they've wanted to steer that process themselves as much as humanly possible. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, we've already been implementing that a little bit. Um, it goes, it goes, I mean, this is used cars I'm talking about now. So I know that things are a little bit different with used and new. And again, I've done them both. Um, but our, we, we have a no negotiation policy at our store and people think that's crazy, but how do you do that? Well, it, the customer's already in control. They've already done their research. They already know that we're the best value out there. And I'm not talking about just dropping your price. I'm talking about value in general. Um, and, and we hold to it and it, we let the customers make up their own decision uh, and we have a strict policy on that. There's no negotiating. You won't that's get, really cool. you won't be able to negotiate. That's it. There's also no okay, that a point that? Yeah, yeah. Kyle, you've been able to do that and accomplish that because of the level of service you're yeah. providing to your customers. And that's that is point. what dealers now are going to have to do. Right. You have been able to, it's not about price and it doesn't, Jason, you no. and I have talked about that numerous times, right? It's about story and people have choice. And if you as a dealer haven't realized that now, it's time. And so now as a dealership, you need to choose like, what is our value proposition? What is, what is the extra service? What do we stand for? How can we, you know, how do we want to present ourselves to the community? Now is an opportunity to really, yeah. you know, look back on what we've been doing and take the opportunity to become, you know, the car farmer. Yeah. And people want that. They won't, they, they don't want, and I, I, I don't know, I might offend some people by saying this and take this as a guy who owns more suits than my truck's probably worth. If you added them all up, <laughs> I, they don't need that anymore. They don't need that guy in the fancy suit standing in front of them. 
you know, if you if you took all that money that you spent on commissions and you put it towards future customer value, um, you're going to see a oh, lot like better that. return on it. I'm telling you. Uh, uh, let's go, let's go a little value. deeper. Look, and we... your people investing in your people, so training. Yeah. I agree. Well, okay, so let's go a little deeper, right? right? Let's talk about future. Like it, it, Kyle, you said it really well. What did you call it again? It's just, it's just future. I don't even know what I just said, but it's, it's future value. I mean, that's yeah, that's future what value. Is. Like, 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 it's not just about you know this transaction. It's about what the value um, we can bring, and I, and I don't think dealerships have ever really thought about that. You know, they it, it, they've always so focused on right? like right now, like transaction what's this yes. transaction going to do for you what's this transaction going to do for me probably yeah. more so me than for you <laughs> but that's not what the customer wants right the customer no. not only wants to do a transaction with you but they want to know what the future look a future transaction looks like and what's the value that goes beyond just the purchase of the vehicle so there's an opportunity here right uh, to develop that um logan you have some thoughts on kind of like what does that value look like that goes beyond just the purchase of the vehicle so i think that what we're saying here is that customers want information yeah yeah that's you all they want. Right now. Sorry, go ahead. No. We got to stand yeah, still I think here. Still. <laughs> um, you know, so so to your earlier point, Kyle. I mean, when customers come in, they they, and I completely agree. If I'm leaving my house to go to a, a car dealership, I have intent to transact especially nowadays yeah. with what's going on, right? So, I mean, more than ever before, that's something to be aware of as dealerships. Um, but I think that if, if customers are looking for the information, just be aware of where they're looking. So they're definitely looking on your website and the questions that they're looking to have answered, if you are not answering them on your website in some form or another, or giving them a way to get the answer, it's an opportunity for you to do so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a child, get them on your website and ask them if they know how they would buy a car today if they needed to go. <laughs> that's well, it. that's a good point. We, we have, don't to have to communicate. To they don't want to have to fight to get the information right now. I think the biggest opportunity is going to be those who, I, I, I think the word transparency has been abused in our industry. In a huge way. Um, I, I think right now is the time for real transparency if you want to be successful. I don't think um, we're working right now to make sure, and it has not been implemented this way yet. The videos are just getting done. We're doing an imperfection. Um, so let, me, let me slow down for a second, back up for a second. So when you're advertising your car, everybody wants to take the best pictures, make sure it's perfect, so on and so forth. What I'm working on right now is I want to implement an imperfection section because I want the customer to be able to already see the imperfections on the used car so that they can then, that it's it's almost like a- I'm yeah, so swear. excited for you to see what I, I have. I love this, this is great. <laughs> it's almost like You're a mindfuck like to it. the customer. They're gonna accidentally sell them. So hopefully you guys don't mind swearing once in a while. Truthfully, no, I'm surprised I do all the time. But it, it, it's, it's reverse psychology. They, they feel so much more comfortable when they see the imperfection on your car versus when they see this perfect car, they're still gonna come back to my car 
because they're going to know what they're getting or they're going to think they know what they're getting, which is they are going to. So we're also implementing all of the repairs up front. Uh, we, so we only sell vehicles if they're fully repaired. So we, we don't want them to have to email us for a Carfax report. We don't want them to, when they email us, I, I'm planning to, to have this process already four steps ahead of where we would have had to have already started. That's you cool. know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Well, that, you're removing all the friction. Sorry, like, say that again? You're removing all the friction. See, the, yeah, the problem is that we, we've, we, I agree with you, we've abused the word transparency, right? We've, we've turned it into a marketing uh, campaign rather than an operational uh, process, you know? And, and transparency is operational. It's not marketing, you know? It's like... We've turned the word transparency into an untrustworthy word. That's... That's a perfect point. So, so let's let's talk a little bit about that because I think that's perfect for what the kind of new norm is going to look like. Is 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 what real transparency? What does real transparency look like? And Logan, I know you got some opinions on this, so I'm gonna, oh, go, I'm, gonna actually... I'm gonna go ahead. I know you. I know you. I can see it, and you're like, I, I want to go. I want to go. I want to talk. I want to talk. I want to talk. All right, Logan, lay it on us. Real transparency. Well, I love what Kyle's doing, and I want to <laughs> ask him more questions about what he's doing because. You, you're like doing proactive, right? Is what I see. You're you're trying to be proactive. So you're saying we're going to be five steps ahead of where we normally are. And yeah, and we can be. You know, I think that the industry has been lagging for so long, and that the status quo has been fine, and customers' expectations have been so low because we just expect that the car dealership experience is going to be shitty. Like we literally. The car, the, the customers have been dying for this. Let me just put it out there to you. The customers have been wanting this for a long time. The industry hasn't done it. They've talked about it. They've never done it. Sorry, go ahead. I just thought I'd point on that. Customers are begging for this. I completely agree. And you know what? It's so bizarre. So I, I have a lease vehicle. I moved to Calgary from New Brunswick, Okay. So when I moved here, I didn't really know if I was going to like it or like if I should buy a car. My parents were like, lease the car. You won't have to worry about it. We're not there. So I decided to lease the car. First time I've ever leased a car. I've been in my lease now for about two years. And so this is all going on, right? And so my sister and I live together and we're both healthy young women and make great careers. And I'm trying to order groceries to get groceries delivered to my house in downtown Calgary. But every grocery service is full for the next two weeks. I cannot get one, okay? If my dealership, I would pay them. I would pay them a premium to offer me that, to do that for me. I really, really would. But do you know what I'm more likely to do? Called the closest franchise of my car to me and see if they'll do it and that's not the dealership i leased my car from yeah but that's probably what i'll do yeah because people detail my car like are you gonna help me out i'll pay you to do all these things that's sitting there change the tires like get this cleaned up for do, you when trust this is all touch, do you trust them to touch your car right now like do you do you have faith that that they're gonna do all the stuff they're claiming on this? That's a great question. With, with the word COVID all over their uh, COVID nineteen on their website, do you actually trust that they're gonna? I don't. 
I have, okay, I have so, a brand new F one fifty out front. I need to get an oil change on. And yes, I do own my own mechanic shops, but I still take it there because I have uh, warranty work that needs to be done. No offense to them, I don't fucking trust them right now. So that thing, that oil change light, is going to probably stay on in my truck because I know my company's doing it. I fucking doubt they are. I'm just throwing well, that. That's a perception so that probably me, was created, yeah. you know, b before, right? Like, and, and I think there's. Right now, there's an opportunity um, to craft and develop out the perception. You know, what businesses are saying, or maybe a lack of what they're saying, all right, goes a long way to how the consumer is going to perceive, all right, doing business with them. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, the, you know, the, the dealership that's closest to me, um, I, I, my perception of them, but not my reality, but my perception of them is that I, I wouldn't trust them to do it properly. I mean, I've taken my vehicle in to get serviced with them a few times and it's come back with, you know, oil, oily fingerprints all over the steering wheel and, you know, smeared, you know, whatever over. The, it's like, nah, I, I, don't, I'll, I will skip a couple of dealerships to go to the dealership that I perceive will do the best job to get it done. And I, I I'm with you guys. I have a, uh, my Maxima sitting out front here with snow tires on it. Like I, I, I got to get them swapped and the oil light is blinking already. So it's time to do it. So I am going to have to make the move, but it's the perception that we have of those dealerships. Right. But I think this is an opportunity now where dealerships can actually change that perception. Um, Logan, what, what do you think about that? What do you think about the opportunity for dealerships to be able to modify or enhance the perception of, of how customers see them right now? such a great point i mean people's perception of you is their reality right so what you think your reality is it's an opportunity to really to really look at that right and then and regardless of what it is right now it is an opportunity to change because all three of us our cars are going to stay where they are right now until this whole there's going to be a backlog service is going to be crazy when yeah. it all gets done and who's going to win the guy that's been building trust with the community and telling the right story as yep. of right now, that's who I'm booking my service appointment with when yeah. the government tells me that this is all right. I might just buy a new truck. <laughs> There's one way to do it. Just buy a new truck. Oh, big time. No, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, there's going to be uh, there's going to be winners. I think it's just a huge leaders. opportunity. Yeah, it's a huge opportunity for dealers to step back and think. You know, what is what is the perception? What is the perception that the community has of us right now? Mm -hmm. How we have so much opportunity to change that. However, we decide to do it. Uh, you know, what does that look like for us? And then how do we execute? Because we don't know what the timeline is on this. So there's no. The reality is, is that let's say that you plan a marketing campaign for the next six weeks, it's going to still be relevant <laughs> for the next six weeks. I can guarantee you that people are still going to be... change. You're right. You're right. Well, that's and, a really good point. Like, I've had to do four different marketing campaigns in like the last week and a half. So hopefully there is a period of, of streamline that we can stay with our marketing campaigns because man, it's been like, but do you think, do you, do you think the dealers got their – see, I think a lot of them are drinking their own Kool-Aid a little bit too thick. I don't think they're self-aware enough to make these changes, and that's the difference between somebody who is really successful. I think that's always been one of my greatest traits. 
is that I was always able to take myself aside and say, Kyle, you're a fucking idiot. You got to fix that. You're not good enough at that. Why haven't you been better at that? And to be, you know, self-observed like that, I don't think, I don't think most of these dealers are. I honestly, I, I think they're going to fall on their face for the, the majority of them. I hate to be that guy, but I, I don't think they can be self-aware enough to make these adjustments properly right now. Awareness <laughs> of that. That's the top of my list. Jason and Kyle, I, I marked our fadeaway. We got to remember our fadeaway and awareness of that. I, I completely agree. You got to be critical. You have, you have to, to be. be critical. Nope. But do you know how many people say that and then they're truly not? They don't make it. It's one thing to make a change. It's a whole nother to implement it. And yeah, other people have said that. So I'm just stealing their line. But I, I, I just, I'm telling you, probably what 95% of the viewers can't do it. Now. Like now is the opportunity, like nothing's going on. So if you're thinking, you know, I want my salespeople to start doing their own social media. Okay. Well, what are you doing? And like, what well, do you how many know people about are it? Training their people right now? Who's well, training their people the, right now? Exactly. Well, uh, you know, what's funny is how many dealerships I've found that they're, they've paused everything. Like I, like, I hate to say this, you know, you know, I love this industry in a huge way. You know, I was a dealer myself, you know, so it, it's, it's, this comes from a place of just tough love. This is not just me being a dick, right? But it's like sticking your head in the sand and just going la 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 yeah. and waiting for this whole thing to blow over is about the stupidest thing you could possibly do, right? right. It's like uh, to both your guys' points, this is th there's an opportunity here to reinvest and in, in reinvest with one of the things that we have that we have the most value in and never have enough of and can't duplicate is time like we have time now to your point logan you were saying earlier like people are answering my phone calls you know like th there's time but how are we investing that time and i think that's what the big point is like you know if we're going to change, you know, or at least define how we want to be perceived as a business, you know, uh, Kyle, to your point, we have to be self-aware of first who we are, right? That is like the first step, right? And, and once we kind of- Everyone like, needs to start meditating, okay? Everyone needs I'm to start meditating, right? Yeah. Can I do it with scotch? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> your own type of meditation. <laughs> I like it. But awareness is, is exactly it, yeah. And, and then we then we have to actually define, like, how do I want my customer to perceive me, right? Like, like if my customer was to use two words to describe, you know, uh, our business, all right, are they, are, what are those words? And, and what am I doing right now, you know, with the time that's on my hands to help promote the perception of my customers, uh, to get them to perceive me as those two words. Yeah. You know, but it, it, it's, it's kind of a how to, so let's, 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 um, let's, let's give a little, let's go a little deeper on this one. Right. Like, um, I, I don't think it's fair enough for the audience that's listening for us to just simply say, it's like, Hey, you should be self-aware. And, uh, by the way, you should be thinking about how you want to be perceived. Let, let's give them something, a little, some takeaways, like how can someone right now? All right. Um, alter the perception or assist in the perception customers have in their business. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you're a leader, I think the number one thing you need to do is 
is do it with yourself. I mean, it's your team's never going to, and again, this sounds like a bunch of bullshit you're going to read on a meme, but your team's never going to be able to do it themselves if, if it's not coming right from the top. And that's why I don't have much faith in it happening in most stores because the higher up you go, the worse it gets. And so if you really want to change the culture, it sounds like a bunch of Elon Musk bullshit, but it, it's got to start at the top. Okay, let's say it starts at the top. Message-wise, all right? Like, what should we be putting out there as a message right now? To our customers or to our staff? Good point, because I think there are two messages out there, right? There, It's how our customers perceive us as a business and how our staff perceives us as employees, all right? These are two big things that we can be working on right now that's going to bring us huge ROI when we come back into that new norm. So let's start with staff first. So what can a dealership be doing right now, all right, to help support the perception um, of their employees have as of, of them, them as the And employer? how they're supporting them. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think that dealers that are doing it right are creating uh, communities of communication. So whether that's WhatsApp groups, um, you know, like email chains or whatever, where a hub where people are actively communicating and updating what's going on. So they're trying because layoffs, you know, whether layoffs have happened at your business or not, most people are working remotely. So they're trying to continue to have that. Uh, camaraderie amongst their team and keep spirits high, right? Like continue to have people encouraging. The other thing I would say is as a leader, it's an opportunity to empower your team and get them really thinking about what they're passionate about. So what areas of the community can they connect with or represent? Like myself, I'm in yoga. And I love the yoga studio I go to. So I've been watching a lot of the online videos and doing the lives and posting about it. But it's also helped my automotive career in a lot of ways because I'm offering during this time that people are really struggling. I'm able to offer these little tidbits of, you know, literally just breathing. Like it's nothing yeah. revolutionary, but it's consumable no, it's content that people are looking for. And it's providing value at this time. And so as a business, especially a dealership, your people, your people, yeah. and they have things they're passionate about and that they care about. So whether that's your cat or art or, you know, we're in this unique setting that we're at home. So we're comfortable. We're allowed to be in sweaters. We're allowed to be in yoga pants. We can be more relatable. There's less objection between that customer and 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 person right like i'm not wearing a, a, a dress or anything like i normally what i'm wearing is sweater. i'm in my living room in yoga pants so. i don't think jason's even wearing pants i was just about to say it. i'm not it's just straight <laughs> up like I, I i got dress shirt and vest and tie and boxers and no socks on from bottom down i like it <laughs> yeah and then I, and then above and beyond that with employees one more thing it's an opportunity for dealers to invest in their employees mental health so if you can't be doing that at the dealership, whether that's like, uh, there's so many online gym prescription, subscriptions right now that you can like sign up for, the dealership could do that. Or um, 
food delivery. If you have a family, families with kids right now, it's really hard to work at home with kids. I don't even have kids and I can only imagine, but like anything you can do, skip the dishes, Uber Eats. I mean, whatever your employees are comfortable with, but as a management team, it's, it's an opportunity to say, we care about you. We're here to support you however we can. These are things that we can, you know, deliver right. You know, the, the Uber Eats one's actually subscriptions. A like so many one. cool things that you can do. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a dealership. So, you know, during the layoff, they actually let some of their staff members keep the demo. Their demos. I'm like, that's not cool. I, I, I thought it was good. Like, that? I, I'm totally cool with that, right? They're not going anywhere, anyways. What do they do? Why not? Well, that's perfect. And they're and they're giving them and like, some help. And like, who is help. not doing that? Well, the cool the cool thing is that they they, they, they not they went one step farther and actually communicated, saying that if you guys would like to make a few extra bucks right now, and you want to you know use your demo as you know to deliver you know food for Uber Eats, we're totally okay with that. Like they That's went as great. far as saying we're okay with that. We're giving you our, you know, go ahead and go ahead and do that. So I actually know a salesperson right now that is currently laid off, but he's, you know, out there and he's got to make a few extra bucks. He's got two kids he's got to take care of. So he's out there um, uh, delivering Uber Eats and uh, he's doing all right. He was, uh, we FaceTimed the other day and he was like, hey, man, I'm making, you know, I'm making an extra 60, 70 bucks a day right now. But hey, that adds up. That's great. You know what? That's uh, on her point. That was that's exactly what you got to do. You got to you're gonna have to do something that's gonna provide your employees value right now, especially if you want to get the most out of them when they come back. Um, I I I couldn't if I was an owner of a much larger store and and I had let's say a huge Ford store right now, I would be scratching my head if my management team wasn't having uh, daily online meetings talking about today's new objections. There's so much training that needs to be done, and again, that's what we're talking about. What's it going to be like when this is all done? the objections are going to be totally different. And if they're not, you're going to be in big trouble because you're way behind the curve. So if you're not already training your guys for these new objections, the biggest objection my business has right now, I would have never been ready for before. I would have never thought I would have needed to be. How do we overcome the test drive? That's, that's, <laughs> if you want to sell cars right now, you better fucking believe you got to overcome the test drive. If you yep. can sell a car and learn how to overcome the test drive, you're, you're going to make it. And we have been right, doing so how'd that. how'd you do it? Transparency. Real transparency. Not the fucking bullshit industry transparency. <laughs> Real transparency. Imperfections. Imperfections is my big one. And maybe I'm spilling a little bit too many secrets here, but imperfections. Focus on your used vehicle's imperfections. And you will create a trust factor and a rapport with that customer that none of the other bullshit combined could have. I'm telling you. And then when you're appraising their car, you say, you see how I present my cars to the customers. I have to be completely transparent. So yes, I'm going to go over your car as I present them. You can understand that. You're totally like eliminating that barrier. It's like. Yeah. You build a different rapport with the customer, a rapport that wasn't there and wouldn't have been there uh, otherwise, or would have taken a lot more bullshit steps in between to finally get there. Uh, you're breaking down a lot of barriers a lot faster. You're streamlining it. I mean, it, this is what needs to be trained on right now. This is this is what this is giving your staff value. Um, and then service staff, service staff. Uh, if I was a service manager, there's lots of stuff that is changing in the service industry. I I don't think they're having quite the problem that the sales industry is having right now. 
Um, but again, daily meets, you, you got to show that your employees are valued. I'll tell you just a weird story that happened yesterday, and this is no bullshit. He's probably going to see this. I'm not going to name names, but um, <laughs> my, uh, I, I have, so the one guy, I'll tell you about the two guys in my shop right now. And I was there yesterday. So the one kid is first year apprentice. He's doing a great job. He's got a baby on the way, 19 years old. The other guy is the top tier guy. So he's my shop manager. Um, he came to me yesterday and said, I, I haven't laid off one staff member yet. There's some staff, everybody's working from home or doing something, but they're all still on the payroll. So, but they're getting worried that it, we might have to make some decisions soon. Um, he came to me and said he wants to take a pay cut to make sure that the younger kid can still stay on the payroll. Wow. And I couldn't believe that. And that's, that's core values right there that we've instilled in our employees and our company. I'm not just flexing here or trying to do my own horn. I'm just, that impressed me so much that I actually kind of patted myself on the back and I'm like, that's, that's, that's the leadership we need. That's, that's how it works. And then I assured him that wasn't going to fucking happen. And I appreciate that. <laughs> just, you know, go back to work. I got them. So, and every day I've been going in and telling everybody, this company has your back. Um, and I'm not doing it in the Trudeau way where we're still waiting for it. No, we currently right now have our employees backs. We're financially responsible company. We're ready for this as much as we could be. You're all going to be able to make sure you can still put food on your table. And in return, I've been getting some kick-ass employees through this whole thing. It's been – maybe our sales aren't where they should be right now, but it's, it's – It will be. It will 100% will be. So strong, so strong. And those people will never for the rest of their lives forget that you did that. They won't. They will never forget, and you will always be the guy that did that. For their family, so. you know, like no, not it's true. Can do that, and it's, though, so that's no, and they can't. Can they can't, but 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 so on that great point. Not everyone can do that, but to your point, Jason, that um, with the Uber Uber driver is that he thought of a creative way to empower his employees, even though he couldn't offer them that's great pay for this time. He said, "You take this demo and you can use it to do your Uber Eats or." Or whatever so you know some dealers can't do what you're able to do but there are creative ways and it's an opportunity to get creative and know you might not be able to give your employees you know full pay through all this because it's so uncertain but there are other ways that you can you know make them feel of value and and you can support them not just in financial yeah. ways yeah, Th that's going to ultimately just fundamentally change the perception you know of the employee has you know to us as employers, right? And there's just, and to your point, um, Kyle, you know, that type of value deposit, man, that lasts such a long time. And it, it, that, that is when you get to a point where it goes beyond just perception and perception turns into culture. And when perception turns into culture and they start acting yeah, upon remotely themselves, to maintain that perception that's just that's next level that's where everybody wants to be that's where we want to get to yeah he doesn't right. have a dog in the fight he doesn't have proper shows <laughs> that's right you know that's so cool all right guys um last question because i know we're getting close to the end of our time today it, 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 that's <laughs> it's now that, that, that's great for what we do for our employees, right? As far as a message that we can share with them that, that can, you know, um, direct the perception of how they perceive us as, as employers. Now let's talk about our customers. Uh, 
you know, you know, what message would you guys put out there to customers right now that would help support the perception that we're looking for that we want our customers to have of us as a business? Uh, Logan, I'll go ahead and start with you on this one. Sure. Well, I think that, I mean, certainly uh, contact with delivery has been a big one that people are talking to. How are you communicating? How you're getting vehicles to or from customers? How is the logistics of that working at your dealership? How are you keeping everyone safe um, and everyone communicated to, right? So that's from, that's, I mean, we're kind of bridging the gap here, I guess, a little bit from employees directly to the customer. But um, a lot of dealers I've seen have been able to offer uh, contactless delivery, and it's just another opportunity to use the social networks. Most of them that I've talked to have been using uh, Facebook. Um, Facebook ads are arguably way undervalued right now because everyone well, my business, on they're there. Not. <laughs> What's that? Not in my business, they're not. No? <laughs> no. Are they not? Oh, I mean, Facebook is probably, I don't know, I would say right now, 90% and has been for the last three months during our, you know, for uh, our business. So if you're not utilizing mm-hmm. Facebook right now, oh, you got big problems. A, a total right? missed opportunity. Oh, the the consumption, the sheer consumption of content right now is completely mind boggling. I mean, I don't think people realize when they throw stats out there that they're saying social media consumption is up 20 plus percent. I don't think people really understand how much content that means. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, adding to it myself constantly, my whole household. It's insane. Well, and so so that that goes to the question then, you know, as a dealership, you know, Kyle, this I'm gonna set you up here as a dealership. Okay, yeah. you know, what content do you put out there that is relevant to your customers now that supports how you want to be perceived as a business? You want my honest opinion because the auto industry. I'm not, not gonna take any other opinion. Yeah. Just your honest one. <laughs> Simple. This is exactly how we're branching it. Just because we can be open, doesn't mean we should be open. And that's, that's what our auto industry truthfully needs to get through their heads right now. They're so busy running around trying to act like they're essential. They're fucking not even close. So if you truly want to make a difference right now in the customer's eyes, my suggestion is you learn how to overcome the test drive. You, maybe your service departments or some service departments are doing a great job. Um, and, you know, they got the shields up. And yeah, I get it. Cars need to be serviced. But the whole sales side of things, just because you can be open doesn't mean you should. And if you can't figure out how to overcome a test drive, you're going to be in big trouble. So you might as well start doing it now. We closed our store physically two weeks ago. We got way ahead of it. It was long before any of this essential, not essential talk was even being done. We decided to get ahead of it. And thank God we did because I'm two weeks ahead of everybody else right now in my area. They're, they're so fucking far behind right now. It's not even funny. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's my suggestion is, uh, Customers are going to want to hear that. Just because you can be open doesn't mean you should. So take whatever that means and implement it because I think that's going to be a win for you in the long term. Well, what you're saying, and you know, I mean, regardless if someone's listening or watching right now and they disagree with you, that that's fine. But really what, at the core of what you're saying is that you're communicating as, as a human. <laughs> Right? Yeah, like yeah, you're not absolutely. communicating as a business that you know, has a corporate agenda. All right. You're communicating as a human from, you know, how you feel right from, from your heart. 
and and I think that goes a long ways in, in the eyes in the eyes of a consumer. Well, I mean, Absolutely. I think the question is like, as a business owner, are you encouraging people to leave their home? And if the answer to that question is yes, then you probably shouldn't be open. And right. isn't that everybody in the auto industry in Canada right now? Well, I think it's, it's I think it's how you word it, right? Like I have a lot of dealerships that are are coming up from a perspective of like, if you have to service your vehicle, right? We got you. Service okay. is different. I, think. I love I think the people that are doing it for like the doctors and nurses and offering free detailing or tune-ups, like oil changes, like amazing needs to happen. People need to do that. Dealerships, like this is the time that dealers can shine in those aspects. In saying, do you think like, so? I don't know, Logan. I think we might disagree I on do. that. I, I do. Think, I think um, it's an opportunity not to spread the message. I don't care about the message. But I think that'll have I a negative that, effect on your business if you advertise like that. Okay, exactly. And like, I don't, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that like when I hear that, when I hear that they're doing that, I'm like, good. Because someone's taking care of these people and I can't do it. And I want them to be taken care of. I want to know that the doctors can get to work and that they're whatever needs they need. If they need something on their car, I like knowing that they're taken care of. Yeah. I don't think they are. And I think that's the problem. Though. I don't, I think it's right. just bullshit. I hate, I hate that kind of advertising. Sorry. So that's a, but that's, I guess it yeah. does have an effect and it does kind of work. I just think it's horseshit. I don't think they clean the single nurse's car. I don't listen to the radio, so I don't know what everyone's saying. <laughs> I think they'll get a lot more value uh, uh, keeping people safe right now and uh, being responsible that way and uh, just closing their physical locations uh, to anything other so, than So are you service. communicating that message then? Would you recommend that that message is communicated? Absolutely. I think, I think, and then you can, if you really want to swing the doctors and nurses into it, which is what we're all doing right now. And it's the only reason we're doing anything uh, differently is to keep them safe, keep our healthcare system, uh, you know, workable and, and their goals achievable is that's how you work it into it. We're doing our part. We're doing our part to make sure that we're not bringing uh, people in and we're keeping the load off the healthcare system. We're doing our part. So I think that's how you work in what you liked about it, maybe in with, um, some marketing and, uh, and, and, it and I think that that's the that's story that resonates. Yeah. Well, so that's I have a dealership. I got your thought. I want to get your thoughts on this, right? Um, I had a dealership. Now they, they just started doing this. So we'll see how this goes. Um, but, uh, they have four commercial steam cleaners. there. pretty big dealership. Um, they were actually running a detailing business out of the dealership that supported not just their dealership, but actually multiple dealerships. So they, they, they have a lot of detailing equipment, detailed a lot of cars. So right now they're offering up uh, to the local community um, for the people that are choosing to be on the road. All right. And they're, they're, they're not promoting it, but if you are choosing to be on the road, right, they, they are offering to sanitize the vehicle with uh, their steam cleaners at no charge. So you can roll into the service department, all right, get out of the car, they have their gloves, they have their mask on, they will actually go through the car and sanitize the vehicle with their steam cleaners. What is your guys' thoughts on that? What's the end game? Kyle? You might you probably can't answer that, but there's an end game to that. And I I don't think it's good, bad. I'm not sure. Um I guess I'd have to know more about it, but there's gotta be an end game to that. Well from what I'm told that it's just their community give back. 
that it's just they're they they they've been talking to their customers. They there's just one thing that they don't feel they have no problem cleaning their house. Like if someone says go sanitize your you know your home, okay, sure, no problem, right? You know, well, but there are customers are responding to that because that kind of goes along. I mean, this is me. Yeah, I don't even want to send mine for an old change or a detail right now. I don't know. The less people I'm I have like, around, who's endorsing my stuff, the I initiative? The what bleach company's endorsing the initiative? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good point. Good. That's point. my question. Like, who's behind it? Why are they? I don't know. What's It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I hope it works for them. Yeah, again, we'll yeah. we'll see how it goes, right? It'll be something interesting. Hey, guys, I know that's good. We've actually surpassed our time, and I'm sure we can jam uh, for a lot longer. This has been a really fun conversation to have. But before we go, all right, for everybody that's listening, watching right now, and would love to connect with you guys and learn more about what you do, all right, what's the best way to do so? Uh, Kyle, I'll go ahead and start with you. Uh, you can check us out, uh, carfarmer.com. Uh, my personal email is kyle at albertacarfarmers.com. Uh, anybody who has any questions or, or any, uh, any anything from sales guys to GMs to owners, um, I, I conversate with people regularly and uh, we're bouncing ideas, some good, some bad. I ask questions. So I encourage you right now because the more we're all talking with each other, the better we're all going to do. There's so much stuff that I'm just dying to find out and, and I have questions. So I imagine it goes both ways. So contact me. I'm here. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Logan, yourself, um, best way to connect with you? Yeah. So, Kyle, I just want to say, fail often, fail fast, right? What an opportunity for people to start just trying things, figuring out what works, learning from yeah. each other. And because this has never happened before. So it's an opportunity. It's not like we have anyone to learn from. So we got to figure this shit out. Yeah, we're writing this along. And so the quickest to do it. It's going to happen again. Absolutely. Absolutely. For the, like this is the new normal. So, um, yeah, Logan, Logan, Jason's gonna kill me. trade.ca. My cell phone is 506-874-7355. and you can find me on Instagram or LinkedIn. Logan Kirstead, K E I R S T E A D. That's awesome. Hey, again, thanks guys for taking the time to jam with me today. This was a lot of fun. You guys have yourself an amazing day.